Hi, I'm actor-comedian Devin McKenzie. And I'm actor-comedian Fraz Wiest. I've never listened to metal music before. While I am a huge metal fan. So welcome to Devin and Hell. Oh, here we are. Just blew the mic on that woo. Yeah, well. I love it. It's only our second episode, Devin, and it's only going to get louder from here on out. Well, you know, I listened to some metal for the first time, Fraz, and it was loud. Yeah. Did you listen to it at full blast? Well, I started listening to it on full blast in my like pretty sweet surround sound setup in my living room. Uh And then my girlfriend walked in and said, oh, no, please, no. Yeah. And then I had to... Which is fair. Totally fair. Um, And to be fair to her, she's been very like cool with the amount of metal I've suddenly been listening to. Sure. Um, But I did transition over to uh, headphones, Uh and I found the headphones gave me a lot more nuance uh, listening to the metal. It is better enjoyed very loudly. Yes. But it's also, I find I have to find the intricacies, etc. I have to listen to it on a low volume first. Interesting. Before I can just listen to it. You know what? We'll get into it more. We're just so excited. We're so excited. My name is Fraz, as you've uh, probably heard in the intro already. Uh, This is Devin McKenzie. Hey, everyone. This is Devin and Hell, in which I introduce my good friend Devin here to the world of heavy metal. Um, And... You did your homework. I did all of my homework, and it was an experience. Yeah. Um, Last time I gave Devin the homework to listen to five black metal bands. Today's episode is black metal. We well, Obviously, it's a huge subgenre of metal. We can't talk about every single band or every single record as much as I'd like to. So I just gave you some uh, what I figured to be a nice little mixed bag, a nice little jumping off point in terms of bands that... I really think are awesome and great examples of the genre. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah. So my homework uh, for this episode was to listen to Gorgoroth's Under the Sign of Hell, uh-huh. Gorgoroth's Destroyer, uh-huh. Gorgoroth's Incipit Satan, yes. um, Inquisition's Ominous Doctrines of the Perpetual Mystical Macrocosm, yeah. which, by the way, Sick definitely... Takes the cake for best name of an album so far. Did you look those guys up? Oh yeah, because all of their albums are uh, have that long of titles. It's great. I uh, yeah. I mean, first of all, all the all the title titles of the tracks, the titles of these yeah. albums, the names of these bands are incredible. <laughs> Epic as fuck. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. Then I listened to uh, Immortals Pure Holocaust. Oh, yeah. Uh, I listened to Immortals At the Heart of Winter. Fuck yeah. I listened to Immortals Sons of Northern Darkness. Oh. Then I listened to Behemoth's The Apostasy. Crushing. And uh, I finished it off with some Watain Cassus Luciferi and Watain's Sworn to the Dark. You didn't listen to Lawless Darkness? I didn't get to Lawless Darkness. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. I listened to good... so much metal, yeah. Fraz. So, yeah, no, I get it, dude. And, I mean, I'm sure there are some, some, some metal fans listening. I'm sure there are. I'm positive there are some metal fans listening who are, are or maybe like, hey... Those are the five best examples of black metal bands you could have picked. Fraz, way to go. There's probably some who are like, you picked those bands? Lame. Watain, more like, well, lame. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe there's uh, some people who are like, oh, I really love that one band, but I've never even heard that other band, so maybe I'll go down this rabbit hole. So, I don't know. I I just just thought those, these are all bands that I 
super love. So I just figured they'd be good examples for for you to start in on. I think it was a, a great start to my listening experience. <laughs> okay, of let's metal. get into it here. You're, so the your initial thoughts. What was the first? You, the first one you listened to was. Uh, Gorgoroth's Under the Sign of Hell. Yeah, and I just want to point out, and I don't know if I imagined this or if this actually happened, Uh but the very first little sound in that album is like a distant crow cawing. It's just like a bird call. Oh, yeah. I can can almost guarantee that's on purpose. And it just, for a half second, duped me. It, like, tricked me into thinking... Oh, a bird, that's nice, before it fucking kicked me in the nose with a wall of sound. Yeah. Um, I should go... Okay, first of all, um, Gorgoroth is my favorite black metal band of all time. They're my all-time favorite because they are just what... To me, what black metal is, essentially. Um, They are one of the original Norwegian black metal bands from the 90s. They were right in there with the church burning and all of that crazy shit. They're super satanic for real. Right. Um, like, you know, they do the corpse paint. They do the live shows with like, I've seen some live shows where they have like, they hire models to like be crucified naked with the stuff like crowns of thorns and stuff. And they have like pig heads impaled on spikes. They're fucking terrifying. Yeah, that yeah. is terrifying. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe let's just bust this open right away. Because my understanding, I did a little bit of research, and, and very light research, mind sure. you. Like, we're talking Wikipedia It's a big, yeah, pages. but it's like, you know, getting into this stuff, there's a lot to read and listen to. Like, it's, you know, it goes on forever. So exactly. So you can't really go too far if you have anything else to do in your life. Yeah. So one of the things I did learn was that uh, a lot of black metal bands, if not all of black metal bands, uh, a big part of their philosophy is this idea that they are um, they are basically giving voice to Satan through their music. Yes. So they are a sort of a conduit for Satan to be able to uh, speak to the earth. It um, should be said somewhat hilariously that while uh, Devin is describing this, he's drinking uh, a finger of scotch while I am polishing off a, uh, a medium-sized orange uh, carbonated beverage from a pizza shop. So I just thought that was a funny... We we're both tackling this in very different ways. You're, yeah. you're, you're in your comfort zone. I'm just trying to understand uh, the okay. conduit of Satan. Anyway, I don't want to break up your riff here. Okay, <laughs> no. So. Well, uh, so... I guess you know this is a big heavy thought right away, but it seems like seems like black sure, metal. Right? Uh, they 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 reject the notion of God. Yes. Uh, they they don't. They hate. They say fuck God. Yes. There, there's bands I listen to. Uh, there, Watain, I think uh, has an album called "Fuck Your Jewish God." Yeah. Oh, He's, we'll get to them. Yeah. yeah. So like they they hate the notion of God, mm-hmm. but they they do love the notion of Satan. Love it. Yeah. And. I guess what I'm trying to figure out is like, are these are these band members? Are they actually Satanists? Do they actually believe in Satan, but but hate God? And if that's true, do they believe God is real and they believe Satan is real, or are they actually atheists who are kind of doing it a little tongue in cheek? You know, like yeah. I mean, I I think for it really depends from band to band. You know, yeah. I don't think it. Re- I think. All or some of those things can apply to any given black metal band. I know that um, uh, Watain, who I, yeah, again, as we, we'll get to, is like, I think, what's the term? A the- theistic, theistic Satanism? Anywhere where they think like Satan is like an actual real 
entity. But again, that they are they can they can conjure his his power and his kind of personality and, and whatever else like through their music, which is As fucking if, badass. Totally, like their music is a conduit to more Satanism than they already practice, which I think is fucking awesome. <laughs> totally. Anyway. So, yeah, I, I'm so sure... I should, as we're talking about Gorgoroth here specifically, I should say the three albums I gave you to check out, um, Under the Sign of Hell, Destroyer, and Insipid Satan, uh, released in 97, 98, and 2000, respectively. That's what I consider kind of like quintessential Gorgoroth. That's what, when their sound was at its peak black metal and like they really do why i gave them to you first besides them being my favorite or more appropriately why they're my favorite is because they are just the quintessential black metal band like i said the tons of blast beats like the super fast snare drum um super down tuned guitar played really really fast like you know in up and down sweeps like really really fast in fact immortal when we get to them their original guitar player had to Stop. Had to leave the band and quit playing guitar altogether because he got such crazy tendonitis in his wrists from playing guitar so fast and so long. Well, he should have gone to Satan, been like, "Hey, Satan, yeah. take care of my tendonitis. Fix my tendons, Satan." <laughs> and Satan would have been like, "I'm fucking Satan. I'm not doing yeah, yeah. shit. I don't Fuck fix you. shit. I only wreck it." <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, okay. So I enjoyed the first album. It was my first taste. It was very intense. So, under the sign of hell was the first heavy metal record you ever like lis- listened to. One hundred percent. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, and it. Yeah, no, regardless of what happens with this podcast, dude, I love that. that yeah. I gave, that I gave that to you. And one of my first thoughts listening to it was like, who boy, these symbols are taking a beating. Oh, yeah. Like, it sounded like someone had just taken a cutlery drawer and was just shaking a cutlery drawer, like, around. Like, there's some maniac in the band who's like, look at all my forks yeah, yeah. and knives. Yeah. Look at all my forks and knives. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Throat Ripper on cutlery drawer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, and then there's some really screamy guy shouting, I think die, and I think I love you, Satan. But, you know, I, I guess, I don't know. It's like we mentioned well, that in the first show that it, not understanding the lyrics almost seems to be the point. Not only way. that, Devin, but I will say Gorgoroth specifically go out of their way to never have their lyrics published. Hmm. There's a few, there's a, uh, pardon me, <clears throat> there's a few lyric sites that you can find that people have kind of deciphered what they think the the vocalist is saying and put kind of put the lyrics out there. But they never publish lyrics themselves. There's no lyrics in the liner notes of their albums and there's no you know um some people think it's just to create more mystique to keep the mystery alive as to what they're actually saying um some people think it's like it's like if you read the actual lyrics they'd be so satanic that you'd you know whatever your eyes would melt out of your skull or something (laughs) you know there's all kinds of old wives tales attached but at the end of the day i just don't think i think it's kind of i don't think it's entirely uncommon for artists to not publish lyrics and just kind of leave it open to the listener's interpretation. I really don't think it's any different with this band. I Even like though that. The, the, it's, it's probably pretty obvious what they want you to think and feel as you listen. Yeah. And that's Satan. Yeah. They really <laughs> want you to think and feel about Satan. Satan. And Doom. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the end of all days. Well, I did find out that uh, Gorgoroth is named after uh, uh, the Plateau of Death in yes. Lord of the Rings. That's right. Uh, which is really cool. Yeah. And uh, basically the fields around uh, the, the big eye. Yeah. The Mount Doom or Sauron or yeah. whatever. Yeah. that thing um, and when I started looking at like images like artists recreations of of the plateau of, of death or darkness of, of Gorgoroth and listening to the music that's when it and I think this is actually the second album when I started looking at these but that's when it actually really 
made sense. Mm-hmm. It almost like it was like a puzzle piece coming together. It's like, oh, these gentlemen are orcs. And they are making their orc music. Yeah. You know? Well, it kind of speaks to um, what we touched on in the first episode. And for those of you who haven't listened to the episode before this, I don't know why you haven't. That's a weird thing to do. Just jump to episode two. (laughs) Why would you listen to these out of order, you dummy? (laughs) But uh, go back and listen to uh, the first episode because we kind of touch on the fact that um, metal musicians and fans and people sort of involved in the scene... Um, are nerds. So, I mean, it's really telling that what I consider to be the most badass satanic black metal band on Earth named their band after, uh, after a fantasy book. Lord of the Rings. Yeah. I think that's the, one of the best examples right there. Yeah. And you're, you're talking about these, these, these nerds. Uh, and I, I'm so curious, especially with the singer, like, are their voices just totally fucked? Are they just like constantly in a state of having to like that grumble? That is another c- common misconception. Um, I mean, a lot of metal singers have voice troubles. That's, you know, but a lot of regular singers have voice troubles. And um, there's actually a lady by the name of Melissa Cross who has a couple DVDs out called the, uh, the Zen of Screaming or the Art of Screaming, one, one, of the, one, one or the other. And um, she is a vocal coach for metal guys. And these are all instructional videos on how to uh, do black metal vocals or death metal vocals or whatever kind of style of metal vocal you want to do without damaging your vocal cords. It's a lot. This It's the same as learning opera or, you know, it's like it's you in order to not damage your voice, you have to learn to do it correctly. And I mean, I never have necessarily, but I know a lot of big time metal dudes I don't know if Gaul from Gorgoroth has had any <laughs> actual vocal training or, or does, you know, does it, has any therapeutic things he does to keep his vocals as fresh and lovely. Uh, <laughs> I sure hope he does. From show to show. But, um, you know. Yeah. Who's to say? Yeah. I think some people really work hard on keeping their voices trained for that style and some people don't and just kind of wing it. Yeah. I'm assuming Gorgoroth is the latter. Yeah. <laughs> I think Gaul just kind of goes for it. Is if that he, his real name too, Gaul? I don't think so. I don't, you know. I mean, the bass player's name is King of Hell. I don't think that's his real name either. Hmm. We've had a baby. What should we name it? Well, hmm. our last name is of Hell. <laughs> Let's make him the King of Hell. <laughs> Unlike his sister, the Tramp of Hell. Oh. <laughs> Why'd we name her that? Well, she'll never be a bass player in a black metal band, yeah. that's for sure. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the... I mean, okay, so in this first album, um, it was a lot to take in, my first yeah. ever metal album. Um, I did find uh, that I was connecting most with the guitar. Sure, yeah. Um, again, I should also preface, I'm not a musician. I don't have... Neither of us are. I don't know how to talk about music, so that's why this podcast is also fun yeah. and dangerous. And I being not a musician myself, I talk about music a lot, but it's mostly like feeling and, you know... Yeah. Stuff like that. I can't really talk about it in a technical sense very well. But. Yeah. But the thing I did find I was connecting to in this uh, uh, album was the guitar. Mm-hmm. It's I really do like a nice, tasty little guitar lick I found. You know, it's yeah. just something that I could hold on to and be sure. like, I understand this part. I, I want to hear this part in this wall of noise. Right. And uh, one of my favorite moments of the whole album came uh, very soon. I think it was like the second or third uh, track where the, the, the track ended and you just heard just some little guitar noises, like, you know, almost like accidental guitar noises. Yeah. 
And it was just like, oh, what a breath of fresh air. This really humanizes them. Yeah. You know, it's just like, oh, they made a little mistake and they're just real people. Right. Just jamming Well, that's out. what I love about Under the Sign of Hell specifically is that it just sounds so raw and like they just recorded it live off the floor. Like it doesn't sound, I mean, underproduced doesn't even, doesn't even sound produced at all. Like it just sounds like they, and they I just mean, had one mic. It just sounds like they just like rolled tape and were like, let's just, you know record this whole album in one shot. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they did that or not, but it's what it sounds like. And again, I mean that as a compliment. It's just so raw and lo-fi and distorted and disgusting. Fuck, it's terrifying. I love <laughs> Under the Side of Hell. Yeah. So gross. It was uh, It was cool. I enjoyed it as well. Um, uh, now, what about Destroyer? So, Destroyer, I liked even more. I, um... Now this was the first record. This record actually has three different vocalists on it. Um... I definitely picked up on that. Yeah, I said that with a wink. <laughs> <laughs> I did not. Uh, but this, this, so it's the debut of Gall. He sings on, uh, I think, I don't know, five tracks or something. But it's his. He's sort of been the most long-standing frontman of the band. The, I mean, Gorgoroth really is one dude. It's just the guitar player uh, in Furnace, um, and then you know it's been. Gaul mostly on vocals and then King of Hell mostly on bass. Um, but, you know, over the recent years, those two guys left. There was actually a huge, big, like, rights uh, fight over the Gorgoroth name because Infernus was like, you know, they, they basically split up, but there was a big fight over the name. So Infernus was like, look, it's my band. I write all the songs. They're like, yeah, but we wrote a bunch of songs for the last three records and they're the, your most popular ones. And, you know, we, you know, anyway, they lost. Mm. And Infernus, so. Recent Gorgoroth records have Infernus and then like uh, five brand new guys who haven't played on any previous uh, albums. But interesting, um, this one was the first one with. Even though I love and did you, back to under the, um, under the sign of hell for a second. Yeah, did you get to that third track with those weird clean vocals on it. Yeah, totally. Oh man, it's so weird, eh? Like, yeah. All of a sudden, it's just like these weird clean, like still super satanic, but just like some nice singing out of nowhere. I really liked those elements. Yeah. Anything that would pull me out of the mud, you know, like yeah, get, yeah. pick me up and like slap me in the face with some fresh air mm. before I got plunged back down into the fucking earth. Um, you know, those moments I was like, thanks for the breath. Yeah, thanks for the reprieve. Yeah. Yeah. I, anyway. I, I found that Destroyer, What it started in such a messy way. Mm. You know, it's just like, uh, it was hard to distinguish like individual parts of the music. Yeah, very cacophonous. Yeah. And I, I think that's something I'm struggling with too you know like I definitely I definitely like the guitar and you know some of the later bands the drummers are just fucking crazy cool but I'm really having trouble hearing the bass right (laughs) so king of hell I don't know he's gotta he's gotta come up in the mix or something or maybe I'm just not understanding what I'm hearing yeah well I did well what did you think of uh, insipid satan then because that's actually the first album with king of hell on bass I do believe well, um, Did you I find the bass playing got stepped up enough. I don't want to get ahead of you, by the way. If you have other things to say about Destroyer, I don't want to. Well, I've got lots of things to say about Destroyer. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I don't want to get ahead of you here. Okay. Um, <clears throat> well, okay. So I, I, I don't know terminology, but the whole like triple kicking the bass drum or whatever that is, like super yeah. fast bass drum kicking, yeah. that got me pretty good. That got the heart rate going well, a little sure, bit. Well, sure, that's the whole idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, I the the other thing that happened during Des- Destroyer that I found really weird is when um, 
a track would just like fade out. Yeah. It's like as if the track was still going. Mm-hmm. You know, that that wouldn't happen during a live show. They wouldn't no. just like slowly turn all the knobs down. No, 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 no. <laughs> but I mean there's lots of so- I mean there's lots of songs whatever like Fleetwood Mac has songs that do that like the slow fade out you know yeah they just find an ending for it live yeah but yeah okay that that's fair I kind of like you know I'm being I nitpicky like, yeah no that's fine I mean whatever these are just your impressions I just I like the idea that you know it's kind of like they're still like those songs never end they just kind of get quieter like it's kind of like it's not like if you'll, you'll hear a um a top 40 song of some kind and it fades out. You're like, oh, that's just because it was like just the melody over and over again and seeing its way fading out into the, that's lovely. It's yeah. like, no, no, this, like they had to <laughs> turn the music down as it, you know, it's still, they're still playing that song. Like the evil is still just being, is still permeating everything. <laughs> They'll never stop. Yeah. This, this album did put me into my first metal trance, which I'm sure there will be many coming yeah. up. It's a thing, right? It definitely. I started just like, just moving my head and just kind of being put into a weird hypnotic trance. Yeah. I talked about in the first episode about, you know, people, most people listen to metal and go, oh, God, this is so abrasive. It's like listen to a jackhammer and turn it off. And I listen to it like most people listen to, you know, whatever, soft jazz or, you know, I unwind to heavy metal music. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Another um, shot at soft jazz. If there's any jazz podcast I like jazz, out there. No, I like jazz. <laughs> I like jazz. I'm just trying to pick as an example, like an opposite, you know, an opposite kind of genre. Yeah, totally. But, um, uh, but yeah, that, that that is something that I'm so uh, relieved to hear you say is that you actually got into a metal trance because that actually is a thing. Definitely, where you know I can just be like between a hair, pair pair of headphones where I like to spend the majority of my life. I call them cans. Yeah, yeah, I know because you've been uh, very um, you've been referring to them as that at, at, at an obnoxious obnoxious rate. It's a fun thing. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean that that's definitely a thing. I definitely get into. And there are a lot of bands that go out of their way to get you there, you know? There's, I'm sure we'll cover some genres down the road that uh, have very slow kind of repetitive riffs and stuff to kind of just get your head nodding and get you into that kind of, like, metal trance. Totally. Um, there's a band called Paul Bearer that are, like, a big-time band like that for me where I just kind of, like, put my headphones on and just, like, go away. Yeah. yeah. This, uh, there were some beautiful moments in Destroyer 2 where, like, a, like orchestral voices would rise yeah. up. And again, that sort of like juxtaposition of like Satan and hell with like heavenly godlike choruses coming mm-hmm. up—that was really interesting. Yeah. Well, I think it's like you know, obviously he was having some trouble, uh, you know, finding one singer to sing on the whole thing. But I think that it's funny that under the sign of hell felt so underproduced and so raw, and then this one is a little bit more. It seemed to know. be better balanced. Yeah. You started to under- hear things a little better. Yeah. And just... I, I also love the name of the album, Destroyer. Just imagining, like, a huge battleship in the ocean just full of, like, fucking metal dudes just all jamming yeah. out, just looking for, like, a soft pop little ship to just fuck yeah, yeah. up. Yeah. You know, they're just like, totally. you're a destroyer out in the ocean. Yeah, yeah. Just like, yeah. Yeah. Like, you can hear the metal music playing. You know, you're just, like, minding your own business on some... The little boat yeah like hey what's that off in the distance oh shit it's oh, a no. metal destroyer and then those guys show up yeah yeah and then they just put on a show and they're actually really nice guys. yeah they're just like cool dudes yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay so then uh insipid satan 
Yeah, Insipid Satan was uh, next. And this is, uh, at this point, I had had a few beers. Okay. okay, I listened to all these three albums in a row. Uh-huh. And I started really getting into Gorgoroth. Did you listen? That is <laughs> makes my heart sing, Devin. Did you listen to the records all the way through in their entirety? I, not entirely. Like halfway through, maybe? I would, I would always listen to the first three or four tracks, okay, and then great. I would usually skip to some different songs. Yeah, that's cool. Just to get a taste. Um, it was a lot of metal to listen to. Sure. Especially in, one, in the first in dose. Sitting. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Yeah. But no, I thought this album was even cleaner, you know? Like, there's something about uh, distinguishing the different parts of Mm. the music and being able to hear those parts that uh, appeals to me. Insipid Satan might be be my favorite Gorgoroth record. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. It was my favorite of Mm -hmm. Gorgoroth. It wasn't my favorite metal album I listened to, but it was my favorite of Gorgoroth. Okay, well, we'll get to that. Yeah. So, that was cool. I really liked it. I think... I think one thing that surprised me, too, is that the length of these albums were coming in at like 30, 35 minutes. Yeah. These are these guys are going hard and quick. Well, yeah, man. I mean, it's really it's really fast music. You know, I mean, even if they slow things down for a bridge or, you know, have some have some more sweeping orchestral parts, as you so eloquently put it. Um, you know, at the end of the day, the songs are still only clocking in at like two and a half minutes because everything else is so blindingly fast and evil and sick and twisted. It's, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, what would you rather have? Like a 60 minute nightmare or a 30 minute one, you know? <laughs> oh, by the way, um, I mentioned to this, uh, this to you briefly before yes, we start recording. But, um, I had terrible nightmares last night. I couldn't sleep. I to feel the, like a yeah, crazy person. To the point that you couldn't even sleep. I didn't sleep all night. As I was falling asleep, dark, like these these poisonous black cobras would like slither towards me and oh be all God. up in my head and shadows, just so many shadows oh and terror. And it was absolutely the fucking music. And the music was running through my head. So... yeah. That's um, too much. Maybe just listen to too much metal at once right before bed. And did you also have like a... Did you eat right before bed? Not right before... I snacked. I yeah. snacked. Well, I hey, had some man, beers. That'll, you know, that'll make your dreams weird anyway. It was uh, it was really intense. But an, an experience I hadn't really had before. Uh, so it's... You haven't had any metal, uh, heavy metal influenced uh, nightmares before? Never. No. I... I funny, applaud a new day. experience in my life. Yeah, there you go. Um, so that was fun and the you look, worst. You look like shit today, by the way. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Oh boy, it was it was tough. But hey, that that's metal life, right? Um, so yeah, I, I don't know that Gorgoroth. Cool, really yeah. cool. My yeah. first metal band, yeah. and I think they got better over time. Yeah, well, that's kind of. I mean, if a band's putting out a record every two years, you kind of want every single one to be better than the last one. Um, and as I said. Um, a lot of people don't like their last two records because it's all different guys in the band besides the kind of the main guitar player, but he's still the mastermind and, um, you know, it's still just fast and evil and fucking awful. And when I say all these things, I mean them as compliments, just FYI. (laughs) In fact, the more emphatic I am about something being gross or disturbing or sick or horrible, the more I like it, just for future reference. Yeah. Um, And yeah, I think those are my three favorite Gorgoroth records, but I like the new stuff too. So, you know, I'm pretty easy to please as long as uh, Infernus keeps dishing out the, the evil. You know? Yeah, that's awesome. Dishing out that sweet, sweet Satanism. <laughs> yeah. So much Satanism. Yeah, loves it. Um, I I found that the it seems like these bands push you so far and deep into like a pure spot of evil that 
it's almost like it it like wraps around to the other side where there's absolutely no room for joy or happiness in any of these songs mm. that because it's so devoid of that it actually promotes that you yeah. know it's just like how in good good comedy a lot of good comedy we're we're dealing with with contrast or juxtapositions to get a rise out of the audience and here you're just you're just so deeply deeply penetrating into it creates a cathartic kind of yeah that it's like mental state all you can actually think about is something absurdly joyous when you're listening to metal because there's no other choice there's not there's no room left to think about bad things yeah does that make sense absolutely it does that's like i said in the in the in the episode before this uh you know people don't listen to any music to feel to feel bad i think it's what you said as a lot of (laughs) has a lot of uh weight to it you know um, I think, you know, if something, if a variety of shitty things are happening in your life, uh, you know, listening to metal is like a cathartic experience because it's like, this is, this mirrors, uh, what I'm feeling inside, but it's because it's, it's almost like it's a place to put it. You know? Yeah. It's almost like you're, you're, it's like a shared misery. It's like the Ghostbusters when they get the ghost in the little chamber and it's like, that's where that is now. We Life have, is good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we can. Yeah, exactly. Okay, let's talk about uh, Inquisition's album, oh. "Ominous Doctrines of the Perpetual Mystical Macrocosm." Inquisition. Oh. Now, I only gave you uh, the one record to listen to by Inquisition because it's my favorite Inquisition record, um, and I just think it's kind of the best example of of their kind of style. Uh, yeah, totally. So. I'll say this, out of all the albums, this was my favorite. Oh, I'm yeah. so stoked to hear you say that. Behemoth came just after. Okay. But uh, yeah, the Inquisition was really sweet. Okay, what'd you like about Inquisition? Well, well, first of all, just reading the title of the album, I thought, oh, okay, well, I'm expecting probably some humor. You know, mm-hmm. this is kind of a funny title. Mm-hmm. I'm also ex- uh, expecting some sort of psychedelic hit mm-hmm. on this. And uh, I think they definitely deliver on yeah. those two things. And I wrote that note down before I listened, and uh, I think they really got there. Um, I love the higher-end register, kind of more shredding guitar solo yeah. stuff they do. They seem to really be like reverb or like looping kind of things, or like there's some now, sort of like I echoing. Should say, I should say, sorry to cut you off, but I should say before you go any further about the guitar tone or the style, Inquisition is two guys. No did, did way. Did you know this? No. Did you research this? No. Inquisition are two dudes. Wow. It's a drummer and a, and a guitarist vocalist. That's uh, it. Wow. So, so all of those, and I've seen them live, and all of those guitar things that you hear and how big that sound is, is coming out of one guitar. Oh, that's crazy. No bass, no, it's like a guitar player and a drummer. That's wow. That's the whole band, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, so who's singing? Is the voice... It's the guitar player. <laughs> the voice is hilarious. Is it not just the most absurd fucking thing? And I don't know, I, can't, I was trying to find a specific track for you to listen to, but like, it's mostly kind of like the, uh, the very, uh, you know, um, uh, black metal vocals oftentimes just have like that weird kind of cookie monster-esque kind of like, you know. Yeah. But... There are certain tracks on on Inquisition records. Well, he'll he'll bust out. I call it like the the zombie old lady. Like he'll bust out like this, like, <laughs> like it just sounds like an old gypsy woman, like an eighty nine year old gypsy woman crawling out of some weird crypt in the bayou <laughs> or something. It's like, 
look at me. Like it's these weird like incantation style like he's putting a curse on you. Thinner. Yeah. You know, something like that. Thinner. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, I mean so I've been really enjoying and I don't necessarily recommend this to our listeners, but looking at the comments on YouTube oh, yeah. for like full albums on these. And um there were a lot of comments saying that the singer sounds like Popeye, um, <laughs> which is certainly very funny. I think, but it's just like, okay, when has Popeye ever, you know, s- like said anything along the lines of any of the lyrics that yeah. the Inquisition guy is saying? Uh, for example, I've got some some example. Uh, has Popeye ever said infinite universe as silent as death in this coffin I lay to rest? Astral bodies guide me to the throne. Now I have joined the cosmic crypts. Black cosmic sea, I sing to thee. Open the path, O majesty. Can you imagine Popeye saying that? Strong to the finish, because I (laughs) eat my spinach. (laughs) Is how that song ends. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Well, that's what's cool about these guys, lyrically, or kind of conceptually, if you will, is that it's black metal, it's all Satanism and all all that bag bag of tricks. But they also kind of add this, like, space kind of sci-fi element to it. Like, it's kind of like Satanism uh, in a very practical, science-based sense. Like, they talk a lot about interplanetary stuff. and Well, I mean, for me, the, the singer didn't sound like Popeye. No. It sounded like a disinterested computer. <laughs> Yeah. You know, like a computer that doesn't want to be there doing compute. this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, it doesn't want to be there, it just wants to do its job because yeah, yeah, it's a computer. Yeah. And that would relate, I think, to that science. Yeah. Kind maybe. of sci fi background. Yeah. They're originally from um they're originally from Colombia and then they moved to the States, I think, in like the early nineties or something. Mm, cool. So they're like a, a South American slash North American band. And the first time I ever saw them was in this like little shitty bar in Winnipeg. And they were on the bill with a bunch of metal bands. And um, I'd never even... I'd heard of them, but I'd never experienced their music before or certainly seen them before. And it just blew my mind. I mean, the singer is this, like, pretty short little dude with long hair, like, way down past his past his waist. And, like, he would just be, like, in between songs. He'd just be, this, he'd just be like, super soft-spoken. <laughs> like, um, oh, uh, it's great to be here. Uh, thank you for having us, Winnipeg. And just remember, Satan loves you. And then just, like... <laughs> They just like right into the next song. Like it was just mental as hell. Well, this is one of the singers that I did read about saying that, um, that music is uh, the expression of Satan. Yeah. Um, so I, I think, you know, this guy does believe it, but mm-hmm. who knows? Who's to say? Who's to say, you know? Well, we'll get more into, yeah, more into that conversation with our next band but cool 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 any other inquisition thoughts oh just the I'm other stoked that you like them i mean they're they're literally my f- current favorite band like i i got there they had they put a new record out last year which i don't have yet in my collection um but their their one before that was the one that i bought at the show that i saw them at um and i was like holy shit where's this band been they've been together since like 1987 or something wow um, anyway and so i just kind of like there's nothing more fun for me than discovering a new band, uh, not a new band, but a band that's new to me. Yeah, and kind of especially one that has a huge body of work. I have like ten records. You can go back and check out the ones you want to, you know, listen to the ones that kind of. So yeah, I have like their last. Besides the new one, I have like the last like five records, and yeah, they're like my current my current fave. I love them. I can't get enough of them. They're really cool. And the other thing that I noticed was that the uh, album art 
for this album and band was the only album art that was in color. Hmm. So that's a thing. Every other album art was in black and white. Yeah. You know, to, to speak to the black well, it metal. it is called black metal. Yeah. There's yeah, not a whole lot of color involved. <laughs> yeah, but they, they brought some color in, you know? Yeah. They brought some levity and some fun. And then, and then again, kicked me and in the also, face. Yeah, and also just pure evil. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. Uh, would you like to move on to Immortal? Yes, I would. Now, Immortal are not unlike Gorgoroth. They are one of the classic 90s Norwegian black metal bands. Um, the, the three records I gave you to listen to... Uh, were Pure Holocaust, which is a classic kind of old school lo-fi um, black metal record in the vein of those Gorgoroth albums. Uh, in the Heart of Winter is my personal favorite Immortal record. I love the guitar tone and you know just kind of where they were at creatively. And then Sons of Northern Darkness is kind of their seminal album. Uh, it's the last record they put out um, for a long time until I think a few years ago until they broke up again. But um, that's kind of considered. That's on a lot of people's short list of black metal albums. If you're going to like buy five black metal records, typically Sons of Northern Darkness is on a lot of people's lists. Um, but I really want to just put Immortal on because as we've kind of touched on already, are they satanic? Are they not? Like how much of this stuff do guys believe? I've talked about it with Immortal a lot with other metal pals. And I'm not the only one who's convinced that they're taking the piss. And that's not to say that they aren't great musicians, because I think that they are. And they don't make great uh, music in this style and this genre. I just think that they just do it for a laugh. Like, if you ever watch their videos, you're like, there's no way they're taking this seriously. If you ever watch um, Abbott, who is their, their front man, he's now just a solo artist. He's now just Abbott. And actually, King of Hell from Gorgoroth is his bass player in his solo band. So hey, he's getting around. They're all they're all friends. Isn't Everyone that, loves the King of Hell. Isn't that cute? <laughs> Everyone loves the King of Hell. Um, anyway, if you ever watch, this is the guy. Remember, I sent you that clip on on our little uh, like Facebook message thread. Like, hey, watch this interview of this guy, and it's just absurd. Oh, that's, that's that guy Abbott from Immortal. That's the oh. from Immortal. And all his interviews are like that. Like he's such a total. He's a goofball. Goofball, and like he has such a great sense of humor. And it's the kind of thing where during their live shows, I mean, the live shows are crushing. They're so loud. There's lights everywhere. His hair is all over the place. It's fucking crazy. I think it's really important to just point out to our listeners right now, if, if somehow you haven't, if you're listening to this still and, and not had having listened to any of this or checked out any of these bands, uh, Immortal does the whole white... Yeah. Like face paint with big black kind of like blocks around the yeah. eyes and uh, like really satanic kiss makeup essentially. Yeah, it's like kiss, but there's almost like a Japanese vibe, like a yeah. weird like old kabuki vibe. I think Abbott looks on. like a Boston Terrier. <laughs> he just has like black over his eyes with a white strip down the middle, and then big black lips that kind of go down in a frown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like. They obviously are very traditional black metal musicians in the sense of like the music that they put out. But like I said, during live shows, it's just like these crushing, you know, uh, and again, he's the sole guitar player in the band, but there's the crushing guitars and, you know, and then in between songs, he'll just be like, there's all this brevity, brevity and hilarity. And like, you're like, is this guy, does this guy take this seriously or not? Like it's, I guess there's elements of it he does and elements he doesn't. And maybe that's how it should be when you're a heavy metal musician. I don't know, but. 
What are your thoughts on these Immortal albums I recommended to you? Well, I'll be totally honest. Uh, The first album, Pure Holocaust, such an intense album name. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Pure as if it... They go through with it. I don't know. Don't really want to unpack that. But um, the first album made me think of the Power Rangers. Like watching old Power Rangers when it's like the monster. Wouldn't there be like metal music when the monster was made and stuff? So... You know, I didn't. I didn't really connect with it. I just thought at this point, That's having fair. listening listened to like all these other bands, like a lot of Gorgoroth and uh, um, uh, the uh, Inquisition, that you know it, there was nothing there that really excited me. Fair. It seemed like I, an older I, album. Uh, yeah, I will say that Pure Holocaust is not my favorite Immortal record. I just think it was. I recommend it to you because to listen to you for this because I thought it was like a great example of their early kind of output. But yeah, and I mean, don't get me wrong, like. I wrote notes like they shred really fast yeah. and the bass drum is going really fast. Right. So like obviously technically they're uh they're doing amazing stuff. Right. I thought at the heart of winter, is it at or in? At the heart of winter. At the heart of winter um was way better. Again, it seemed like these bands seemed to transition into mm-hmm. their their work in a really great way. It was cleaner, it was more interesting, and it just made me think what the fuck is happening in Norway? Yeah. Why are there so many metal bands coming out of this country? Because I've been to Norway. I was recently in Oslo. And Norway is the happiest, cleanest, yeah. richest country I've ever been to. Uh-huh. With all these, like, no joke, like, blonde Norwegian people happily walking around their gorgeous snowy city, just living in a uh, in an environment where uh, they pay a lot of taxes, but they get so much, like, vibrancy yeah. in their city for, like, arts and funding. And it right. just, you know, I, I just, I can't believe this music is coming out of this country that is so... Well, first of all, I mean, these records came out uh, close to 30 years ago, so... I can't. I've never been to Norway. I don't know a lot of Norway's history, but maybe Norway wasn't always the this pristine, idyllic place, you know. And also, it's uh, you know, like religion. I don't want to sound ignorant here, but you know, I think religion uh, in those countries is can be a very intense thing. And I just think at the time that these bands and albums and songs were coming together and being created. Um, Again, I don't know if it was as idyllic and as as great as you as you make it out to be back in those days, but if it was, I think that these guys were just the antithesis to this. They're counterculture. They were counterculture. Yeah, and is really what 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 heavy metal is all the time, anyway. But I think that they were just kind of took things a bit, and I don't just mean musically. I mean obviously the music is extreme, but I mean in terms of the. Um, <clears throat> the early 90s kind of criminal behavior of all the church burnings and uh you know kind of using using heavy metal as an actual uh vessel for real world destruction and chaos um i think was i mean like i said i can't speak for norwegian culture yeah but i think that that was a a very much an answer to well it kind of reminds me of when i went to ottawa and Ottawa is a very clean, corporate, sure. big business town. Uh, it almost seems like it's been sprayed with like polyurethane, like yeah. candy coating. You know, there's just there's just nothing authentic for me in Ottawa. But that's the only place I've ever been where I've seen some extreme crusty punks walking yeah. around with like 
big mohawks and massive like boots and like studded like collars and stuff and it's like whoa where did what what is what is this very similar thing i think for every for every you know whatever that old for every action there's an opposite reaction you know yeah Uh, to paint with very broad strokes in terms of something people say about science um but yeah i I think that's it's a thing you know i think that they have um those scandinavian countries are very steeped in in religion and uh they're also philosophy and i think whenever that's uh the case it's only a matter of time before something comes along that wants to uh, be a response to that so they're also really cold and satan offers heat yeah and fire yeah hellfire to be exact <laughs> uh, but yeah and for the pure holocaust record i do believe that abbott uh was the bass player and vocalist and then demonaz um was the uh guitar player and this is the guy that i was telling you got like the crazy tendonitis in his in his hands so he stopped being uh, the guitar player and just became the lyricist and tour manager of the band. And then Abbott switched to guitar. And then since then, I think they've had one or two different bass players. But um, I think At the Heart of Winter was the first record, if, I, if, I, if I'm correct, it was the first record with Abbott on guitar and yeah. uh, a new bass player. It was pretty good. It got me into a few of those hypnotic moments I've been yeah. uh, bringing up. Yeah, me too, up, man. So. That's a great record, a great example of a record like that for me. And I love the guitar tone. It almost has like a... It's funny because with black metal, the guitars have to be like, I think, pretty down tuned to sound heavy and and scary. But they also like Abbott's guitar has tons of like high end. It almost sounds like Def Leppard kind of like 80s style, like hair metal guitar. But in this like black metal aesthetic, I just love At the Heart of Winter. I just think it fucking slays. Yeah, it's cool. And they're really fun to look at. I mean, I've got some photos on my computer of them and they just... They're just glam rock kind of... Is that fair to say glam rock? I mean, I guess not. Now that I'm looking at the photo, definitely not glam rock. Maybe like they, satanic glam rock. Well, because they look... Like I said, it looks like they have like very Kiss-esque makeup on, but it's like a very, uh, you know, terrifying version. I mean, this guy just has like spiked shin pads yeah. with like a huge sort of mace that he's holding. Yeah. All of their, yeah, all of their posters and record covers and stuff, they all have, like, they're all holding, like, maces and swords and battle axes and shit. Yeah. They're they're absurd. Like, that's the thing. Like, I do love the music for real. I genuinely love the music for real. I fucking love Immortal. But, they, like, they're just, they have to be taking the piss. Like, there's no way you dress up in that outfit and carry a big battle axe and, like, pose all day for your, for your press shots and be like, yeah, like, yeah, don't laugh at us. This is this is serious business. Like, there's no way. Yeah, totally. And I mean that as a compliment. Like, I think they're fucking outrageous in all the best ways possible. But I just want to bring up some of the YouTube comments I got off Please some of the do. Immortal uh, uh, full albums. <clears throat> this uh, comment is from Johnny Squirt. <laughs> Johnny Squirt says. We'll always, oh, and this is talking about Sons of Northern Dark, Darkness. Uh-huh. Uh, will always be the best album to listen to when you're walking when it's snowing. Will always. Will always. Yeah. I can just imagine Johnny Squirt just listening to Immortal walking through the snow, being like, this is delightful. The thing is, Devin, I don't disagree. <laughs> and I know that sounds silly, but on a cold, I'm from, you know, I'm from the prairies. On like a cold winter's day when you have to get from A to B and there's no buses or you're not driving or whatever. Just like 
I gotta, I'm walking through this weather. I'm gonna put something on that matches my mood and matches the weather. Yeah. And there are fewer, uh, colder yet epically kind of like motivating records in Sons of Northern Darkness. Well, it's like every snowflake that hits the ground is like a hit on the snare drum. Yeah. So it's just like, boom. <laughs> yeah, blizzard. <laughs> yeah, Sons uh, of Northern Darkness is I for my money I think is like one of the most seminal records. Well, yeah, I mean I realize any now, subgenre of metal. Like I just think it's a classic, classic record. It's right up there with like, you know, Slayer, Rain and Blood, all these records that mean nothing to you yet, Devin. Uh, Iron Maiden, Number of the Beast, Metallica, Master of Puppets, like all the classic metal records you can think of. I think Sons of Northern Darkness is like right up there. Well, it seemed like a lot of the YouTube commenters really love this album too. It's classic. Uh, here's another comment uh, from Dovonark. Dovonark. I don't know. And uh, Dovonark comments, "I love Immortal, especially their voices." Mm. So that's a hot take. Yeah. <laughs> I like just pointing out their voices is like, I especially like yeah, their yeah. voices. I'd like to think that, that whoever left that comment is like a mom. Mm. So it's like she'd be, she'd, saying this, she'd be saying the same thing about Susan Boyle. Or, <laughs> oh, you know what? I like their voices. <laughs> yeah. I, like, I like these guys. <laughs> oh, this isn't bad at all. Yeah. Um, another comment here from Headstone uh, just... <laughs> Just says, this is not black, exclamation. And then Roach43 goes, this is black, you ignorant. And then Liverbird says, are you deaf? It's black. So Headstone took some fucking yeah. flack for well, that Well, for my money, Headstone's a fucking idiot. Yeah. It doesn't get much more black than Sons of... Dude, it's called Sons of Northern Darkness. <laughs> yeah. If that was a fucking pop album, it would still be heavy as balls. Like, it's still, like... It's, anyway, so, tomb, Tombstone can go fuck himself as far as I'm concerned. So Fraz, uh, uh, Fraz sides with Roach 43 and Liverbird. Totally. Roach 43 and Liverbird. You my boys. Yeah. Or gals. Or whatever in between, you know. It's all good. Metalheads are very accepting. Yeah. Uh, I didn't have many notes on Sons of Northern Darkness. Uh, I did like it. Again, it was a similar thing. I, as the albums progressed through time, mm-hmm. I seemed, I felt like they got better. Production gets a little better. Songwriting gets a bit better. I got to say, though, I did listen to all these albums in one night in a row. Well, that so explains the nightmares. I was starting to feel a little overwhelmed yeah. at this point, And I felt Next like... Next time, I'd say you'd really... P- spread p- it pace, out. Pace yourself. Yeah, really spread them out. Because yeah. It felt like every time I was putting on my cans, uh, which I call my headphones, uh, it felt like I was like going underwater. Like I was, I was going on a big yeah, dive into go. like a black lake where I couldn't see anything. About to submerge. Yeah, and then it'd be like three or four tracks in. I was like, oh, I forgot to breathe. I'm not breathing. Right, so right, right. I have to like disengage. I forgot to think. I forgot to do anything. I've been in this metal trance for so long. I forgot to be. <laughs> forgot exactly how to it. be a fucking human being. <laughs> yeah, and literally, I would take the cans off and go. Oh boy, this is intense. And my girlfriend sitting in the living room be like, "Are you okay? Yeah. Maybe you should stop." Yeah, you're sweating. <laughs> your eyes are bloodshot. You look terrible. Your nose is running. Yeah, she's like, "Are you okay?" <laughs> just get a Looks nose like you're just in a Car accident. You're pale and gaunt. <laughs> I've just pissed my pants. Yeah, my shoes have disappeared. Yeah, there's actual shit in your pants. <laughs> my elbows are bending the other way somehow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what it was like. So yeah. I don't have a lot of notes on that album, but well, Jesus, uh, I'm just glad you persevered. Do you yeah. want to move on to Behemoth? I really do, because 
Holy smokes. This definitely came close to Inquisition as my favorite uh, album. I love hearing that. Yeah, The Apostasy. That's the Apostasy. A- I just gave you that one record by the by Behemoth to check out because I think it's like the best example of of what they do. Now, to be fair, and speaking of <laughs> speaking of YouTube comments and the like, internet remarks, um, technically, and I mean, uh, Nurgle, the kind of the main uh, guy behind Behemoth, has come out and said he doesn't want to be classified as any musical genre, metal or otherwise, which I think is fair. He just kind of writes songs that mean something to him, as all artists do. Um, but most people refer to Behemoth as blackened death metal. Oh, so kind of like a Louisiana like charred po'boy sandwich. Exactly like that, Devin. <laughs> Precisely like a charred chicken po'boy. Yeah. Um, uh, as so, they more play up to like the stylistically or sonically, if you will. They're more of a death metal band, but because of their sort of their satanic take on everything and a few other kind of black metal elements, they're considered more black and death metal. I don't really see the I don't you know that's kind of a weird sub sub genre that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me I see people's point as to why they would be called that Uh as opposed to strictly black metal like a Gorgoroth or an Immortal Um, but to me they're just like and especially if you've ever seen their live show and Devin this is a band now that you've sort of popped your 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 metal cherry and you're you know not necessarily a metal head but you have a deeper appreciation for it I would love for you to see these guys live. Oh. That's really the main reason I I picked them is to talk about their live show. First of all, uh, before you get into all your notes, which I do want to hear, Infer- Inferno, not to be confused with Infernus from Gorgoroth, Inferno, uh, Behemoth's drummer. I've seen a lot of drummers in my day. I know personally a lot of great drummers. Um, I've been going to shows since I was 16 years old, and I've seen a lot of crazy live shows. Uh, Inferno, the drummer for Behemoth, is the best drummer I've ever seen. That's pretty much everything it's, I took away from this band. The drummer was insane. It's bananas. Like, it's it's bananas. Like, to hear it is one thing, and it's totally overwhelming, and you can't even make sense of it on first listen. I'm sure I don't have to tell you, and don't take that the wrong way. Um, but to watch him pull that shit off live is just like... It's bonkers. It was great. It's it bonkers. reminded me of like, you know, like a, <clears throat> a Scottish pipe band where they have the like guys yeah. at the back who are drumming yes. super quick. It's like one of those guys was like taken over by Satan and just like, yeah. or like bursting at the seams. You know what he reminded me of? He reminded me of uh, Jason Statham's character in Crank. Oh, yeah. Like he's just taking fucking shots to the neck yeah. of like adrenaline. And he's he's just bursting at the seams, just drumming. It is superhuman, dude. Like I said, I've seen I've seen lots of drummers. I've seen lots of different musicians who have just blown my mind. I'm 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 blessed and privileged to say so. But I've seen Behemoth uh, three times. And every time I'm just like, that's the best drumming I've ever seen. Like that guy is a maniac. It was like it's like if Animal from the Muppets was a real human. Yeah. <laughs> and, and instead of having an orange uh, fur covered face, he wore like white, you know, satanic black metal makeup, which would be an amazing Photoshop. So, it, listeners, if any of you are proficient at Photoshop, we'd love to see Animal. We do need a logo. I mean, we are working. <laughs> we are working on a logo. So. Yeah, with black metal makeup. That would yeah. be amazing. It Honestly, the drumming is so spectacular, though, and it's so fast and intricate. I mean, 
there's there's parts where it seems like he's just taken a fucking machine gun and he's just machine gunning the drums. Like he's just like the the, the yeah. sticks don't move fast enough. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's, like he's machining machine gunning a drawer full of cutlery. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Uh yeah. But yeah, and also just really quickly on their live show, I mean it's they wear these crazy like there are songs where they just stand with these crazy horned goat masks on, just standing in one spot, like not even looking at their guitars and just playing this crazy ass bullshit while this drummer is just behind them on this riser, just like looking like a human hurricane. Um and then the like the lights are crazy and then they'll switch they'll like step down off these risers and move into different positions and just hold their guitars out and just like punish the crowd. Like <laughs> it's uh it's mental. Like I said, I for anybody who's uh a fan of metal who hasn't seen these guys live, or for anybody who maybe isn't a fan of metal who wants to check out something berserk in their life. Like, they are one of the best live bands in metal that I've seen ever. It's absolutely bonkers as hell. And they have some moments of levity, too. I mean, the, the opening with the woman chanting, mm-hmm. that, you know, again, really nice orchestral really choral great, things. Um, yeah, they, they, they're from Poland, so I know they have a lot of kind of like, you know, those kind of like European influence. They also have, also have a lot of Middle Eastern influence in their lyrics and in their um, musicianship. Um, different weird kind of like Middle Eastern guitar things and uh, also horns. There's a lot of, you probably heard a lot of weird kind of like French horn stuff in there and like a lot of weird horn arrangements. Um, So yeah, man, they're cool. They're just fucking evil as hell. So Behemoth gets my uh, second best album of the day after Inquisition. Great. um, Yeah, they were... They were really, really fucking cool. I also looked up what apostasy means. Uh-huh. Uh, and apostasy means the abandonment or renunciation of a religious or political belief. Mm-hmm. So for what that's worth, I think it's just important to understand some of these words they're using. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Super Behemoth, satanic. Amazing. Yeah. Um, the other thing that... <laughs> The only thing about Behemoth, I will say, and this is going to hurt your heart, I think, but there were moments when I was like, huh, that sounds a little bit like um, a little bit like a bit of uh, Papa Roach going on in there, <laughs> or like a little bit of Limp Bizkit kind of No, no, I, you know, I totally vibes. get that, because it's like, you know, like I said, this was kind of the first album where they started, I guess, kind of writing that line between old school, underproduced kind of death metal you know, black death metal stuff and kind of more um, super polished, you know, like I said about the horns and about the guitar tone and stuff. Like it just seems like, and and more recent album that's been sort of too produced for me. Like their last album was called the Satanist. I do believe good record, but it just was like a bit too crisp. Whereas this one, I can can appreciate what you're saying because they're obviously trying to make it a bit more mainstream. And on that note, um, Nurgle, the uh, the main, the mastermind, a singer guitar player for this band, which sounds like a Pokemon. Yeah, Nurgle or Nurgal. I'm not sure how you where the where. I don't want to put the emphasis on the wrong syllable and have people <laughs> correct me. Um, but he's like when I was saying about in Scandinavia and stuff, and in Europe, you can hear metal songs in the grocery store. Behemoth are like straight up. They've been nominated for like um, the Norwegian version of of um, what are the music awards Grammys whatever those are called in Norway, like they're nominated for those. Um, he oh, was, the Norries? The Norries. <laughs> uh, he's, uh, he's a coach on the uh, Polish version of The Voice. 
Um, and he also uh, dated a, like a like a hot Polish like pop star for several years. They were engaged to be married and then split up. It was all over the tabloids. So he's like a legit like rock star in Poland. There you go. But yeah. over here, he's just some weird ass metal dude. Well, let me introduce you to one of the comments on this album. Please do on YouTube. Please do. Jesus Christ commented. Whoa. Track nine made me look into Satanism. Happy choice too. So Behemoth converted Jesus Christ Holy into shit. Satanism on YouTube. Wow. See, metal music can change the world. It's getting Jesus into Satanism, for crying out loud. <laughs> uh, I also want to point out some of the images that Behemoth have put out for their album art and stuff was by far the coolest shit Oh, yeah, man, they've seen. got some great, some great album art design for sure. A lot of iconography I don't understand mm-hmm. that probably means terrible things. Sure, I can almost guarantee it. <laughs> um, okay, let's talk about uh, Watain. Yes. Now, this is actually a band, um, Watain, that I'm sort of... Um, I'm probably... I'm the most recently into them out of the five that we're talking about. Um, they've been around for a while, but I haven't really... And I've known about them for a long time. And I've kind of heard their music here and there for a while. But I just recently, I'd say over the last like two or three years, really become uh, a fan. Right. Yeah. I, I think at this point, I was kind of overdoing it on metal. And yeah. I was just kind of trying to get to the end. You're a little burnt out on I it. was a little burnt out. Um, I also did some reading on, on Watain. And a, a thing that like was I found very troubling was that they were talking about... I mean, they've come out against being anti-Semitic, mm-hmm. which is kind of crazy that, that, that this world even... Uh, exists you know like that some like anti-semites are latching onto black metal as a as a again a vessel to be like see we rally behind this or like there was a lot of talk about like neo-nazis like getting behind black metal and being Mm -hmm. like this is uh this purports our our cause um so i was reading about this being like oh no 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 i don't i don't like this watain what is happening and i do appreciate that they have come out on record and said we are not anti-Semitic. We don't support that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, just it, a few troubling thoughts coming into my mind. About well, they're metal. very, I mean, they're a new, they're a newer band with a very old school philosophy. They're kind of like, well, well, musically, they're kind of like, um, and this, again, this is kind of my own, you know, my own, my own brain. Um, but they sound to me like sort of old school kind of Gorgoroth style black metal, traditional black metal, but with like a new school kind of like punk aesthetic, you know, hmm. like kind of like a, I don't know how to explain It's just like more of a, their music is a bit more, has a bit more, I don't know. It's, it, I don't know. It's just a bit more punkier, a bit more in your face, a bit more less traditional, using traditional elements of black metal, but making it a bit more modern, a bit more, I don't know. Right. New new school. Blending the old school and the new school black metal vibes. Yeah. That's cool. That doesn't really like comment on my on the, the neo Nazi kind of anti Semitic. Oh, no, no, not at all. Not shit. at all. But I just mean that they, they definitely like um uh they've gotten into trouble for like I think a few years ago they splashed like actual live um blood like animal blood it was pig's blood pig's blood on an audience yeah and tmz picked it up yeah (laughs) and that's how it blew up yeah Uh, so even though i don't even though i don't necessarily think they are well i guess they've come out and said they're not neo-nazi you know they do have that 
they do a lot of things within the context of their music to rile people up. Yeah. And, you know, and disturb people and sort of get people. Which I think is cool. And like, for whatever reason, I'm totally okay with being splashed with pig blood at a, at a a black metal concert. I think that's kind of cool. I'd expect it. I'd almost like, uh, if they don't do it, I'd be like disappointed. Yeah, pretty good show, but didn't get any pig's blood on me. So I wore this white shirt too. And everything. (laughs) Um, but they have also talked about how they want to bring, uh, they want to try to do a live animal sacrifice mm-hmm. on stage. And it's being reported that they, maybe it's just a joke they're talking about, or maybe they're being truthful. And honestly, that's where I check out. Sure. Like, if you... I'm a vegetarian, so... Yeah, okay, there you go. <laughs> so, me too. So, like... Fuck you if you think that's cool and that's what you believe metal should be is like murdering an animal but again, on stage. It's like, is all of this stuff just out there to get a reaction Provoke? from people? Exactly. It's hard to tell. That's the thing with metal. They're very it's provocative so mysterious. Band. They're yeah. very provocative band. I mean, in terms of their what they play musically, what their lyrics are all about, you know, what they do on stage, how they present themselves. And it's funny because. Um, is it Eric Eric Danielson? I think is the name of the main dude, but he's like four feet tall. Like if you saw him without his like makeup or stage clothes on, he just looked like a seventeen year old like skateboarder kid. Yeah, you'd be like fuck off, <laughs> you know. But he's got like he you know he's like the ringleader of this super satanic band. Um, oh yeah, I've also heard about him that he's worn like he he wears the same shirt on stage. Like he's worn it every for every show without washing it. Oh man! Yeah. Oh, so there's no. like a piece of I don't know if it's a shirt or a vest or what it is, but it's like there's a piece of stage wear that it's like has animal blood on it and shit that he's just never ever washed. Oh yeah. And I read some interview where he's like he'll, you know, I wear this shirt so that I can smell what has come before or for every, you know, some bullshit like he was saying some anyway. Bonkers. Yeah. But. I mean, honestly, from watching a bit of like video of this band, this is one of the the bands I would like to see because of their totally. or, like their amazing orchestrating of like live pig yeah. heads oh, I'd on love stage. To see I, yeah, I've never seen them live. I'd love to. But yeah, I mean, as for Cassis Luciferi, the the first album I listened to, uh-huh. I you know again, I I'm similar to that first Immortal album. I I wasn't really blown away. I didn't find it all that interesting. Sure. Um, but the Sworn to the Dark. Uh, that's where it really picked up for me. I really, I really enjoyed that right. uh, album quite a bit. I love the song "Sworn to the Dark." I thought that was a dope song where they just kept kept singing that over and yeah. over. Um, also, "Stellar Vor," the last song on the album, had some big time orchestral chanting. Mm-hmm. That was pretty sweet. I guess I'm really, really into the orchestral stuff. That's cool. Uh, that seems to be a thematic thing occurring in mm-hmm. black metal music mm-hmm. um orchestral things are very very uh black metal yeah that's and a very, uh, that's a very black metal trope <laughs> yeah and uh there was uh i think it was in stellar they they just kept chanting god of death god of Doom is over and over yeah. again and that i really took that to my nightmare sleep that was oh no that pounded my head pretty hard oh no it was so catchy you know such a fun catchy tune to just say god of death god of doom over and over again yeah so no i could see how that would permeate your sleep 
Yeah. <laughs> just the repetition of people screaming God of Death, God of Doom. It just over, over and over again. And then straight to bed. Yeah, time for bed. Oh, Bedtime guess... for bonsai. Yes, now I've now that I've heard that being chanted over and over again <laughs> and I've had a few beers, I'll just uh I'll just slip into a nice peaceful yeah, sleep. Slip into the deepest of adorable slumbers. Who boy. Um I notice there's a lot of talk around these bands about another band called Mayhem. Yeah. So what's the deal with Mayhem? Why Well, a Mayhem was kind of again one of the first kind of founding forebearers of the genre. Um really famously back in the day, um the guitar player for Mayhem had kind of like his own record store that he ran where a lot of um kids would hang out and get into you know s- scary nonsense. That's where a lot of the plotting for the church burnings and stuff happened. Uh, and then very famously, um, well, Mayhem had a singer for a while uh, that went by the name of uh, Death, I do believe, or I think his name was Death. Anyway, he committed suicide in the basement of this store uh, by like blowing his brains out. Cool. And, um, you know, there was like, there's all these old wives tales of like other members of the band taking pieces of his brain and cooking it into a soup. <laughs> oh, Whether or not that's true, I don't know. But what is and true a soup is that, too? Um, yeah, like a, like, <laughs> oh, yeah, gotta, like a nice stew. Got to trick myself into eating this brain yeah. by slipping it into a massive pot of stew. Uh, and then very famously, Aronimus, who was the uh, the guitar player in Mayhem and the owner of this record stop record shop, was uh, stabbed to death by um, the, a member of another band called Burzum, um, who actually played bass on one of their records. So it was actually that like, their current bass player at the time. Who just like stabbed him like twenty seven times and killed him, um, so and then that was around the same time as all the church burnings and stuff. So they kind of became very not just for their music, but before their you know their legacy kind of became the founding member and guitar player was murdered. You know the original singer or one of the original singers killed themselves, and but they're still around. They still tour. Actually, they just put out a record I think a couple years ago that's an absolute corker. Um, I was actually thinking of putting a mayhem on here, but out of all of the bands listed, you know, I like all of these bands more than I ever liked Mayhem. Although Mayhem is a great black metal band. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'd say Mayhem, um, Emperor is another band that is kind of like one of the, the sort of the founding fathers of the early 90s Norwegian black metal sound. I'd probably say, uh, yeah, Mayhem, Emperor, and Immortal are kind of like the, the major three influences of the genre, like period. Yeah. Um, probably Gorgoroth is in there too, but. Yeah. I'm sure there's lots of people who disagree with me, but I'd say that's, you know. Hey, they don't have a podcast. Yeah. Fucking we, A, they don't. We do. Yeah, and we that, can say whatever we want. <laughs> and that podcast is, I think, pretty much close to over, don't you? Yeah. I mean, the only thing really left to do now um, is give you your homework for the next episode. And then, of course, before we do that, even, I think we should probably bring up our good friend uh, Rory Fallis. Ah, uh, Rory. I'm confident it's pronounced. Fallis. But we're going to call it Fallis. Yeah, since Rory Fallis is one of the most metal names you could ever hear, we're going to go with that. Yeah. Uh, Rory is such a nice guy. I mean, uh, when we were in Toronto uh, for Sketchfest, uh, I didn't have uh, my money with me when we were out at this bar. And he just, without even questioning it, just bought me uh, more than a few beers because he's an amazing guy. He's that kind of guy. Yeah. He's that kind of guy. Um, one time he was, uh, he was late for a party that I, that I threw and I was like, man, where's Rory? You know, I was asking everybody, you know, where's this guy and classic him. He comes riding in on a winged Pegasus, 
Uh, and he's like, you know, oh, sorry I'm late. Me and the winged Pegasus uh, ran into a, some trouble. We were, uh, we were fighting a, a hydra on top of an active volcano. And I was like, ugh, Rory, that is so classic you. And it's just a testament to, you know, if he's late for a party, he probably has a very good reason because he's a very dedicated friend. Yeah. and just you to agree, be, Devin? I would absolutely agree. And just to be clear, he came up with the idea of this podcast. Yeah. So that's and that why we honor him. that was after he had wrestled that Cyclops. But that's the story for another time. <laughs> you know, it was a hell of a day. Came up with an idea for a, for a podcast. Wrestled a Cyclops. Yeah. And that was probably around the same time he bought you those beers. Ah. So he's a hell of a guy. He's a legend. One hell of a guy. Thank you, Rory Fallis. So on the next episode of Devon and Hell, mm-hmm. um, we are going to be taking a look at who a band that is my favorite band. We're dedicating a whole episode to a band, not a genre or a subgenre, but just one band in particular. And that's my favorite metal band of all time. A band that a lot of people would say really laid the groundwork for all other metal bands to come. Uh, and that's Iron Maiden. Ooh. Um, In French, that would be Fer de Médin. Oh. I don't know. I didn't realize uh, Fer you is were Iron so for fluent sure. well, in, uh, in French. This is a Canadian podcast for all those listeners out there yeah. in the United States of America yeah. or Norway, I guess. Yeah. Or, or Colombia. Or anywhere. Or Poland. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> I mean, I think Black Sabbath kind of invented the, the genre of heavy metal and maybe we'll do a Black Sabbath episode at some point too um, but for my money like the, the guys who who really like made heavy metal what it is and again it's just my opinion I'm sure people will disagree but uh, laying the groundwork for all other heavy metal to come and I do mean Gorgoroth all the bands we just talked about and all other bands we will talk about the guys who made it all happen in the first place was uh, Iron Maiden. They're the first heavy metal band I ever got into. They're still my favorite heavy metal band of all time. So I'm looking forward to uh, recommending some albums to you and uh, taking a journey, seeing what you uh, what you think of uh, my favorite uh, metal band of all time. Well, I can't wait, Fraz. Um, I can't wait to listen to my homework and uh, have terrible nightmares yeah. uh, for an entire week. The whole idea of this podcast is just for you to keep getting nightmares. So, <laughs> uh, As always, if you want to email us, uh, email us at devonandhell at gmail.com. Do you want to spell that out in case? That's a great point. My name is spelt with an I, so it's D E V I N A N A N D H E L L. Yeah, almost didn't get through that. that and also, we are on uh, all of the places where you get podcasts from. You probably realized that when you downloaded this podcast from Stitcher or iTunes or wherever you get those things. Um, so if you got it from iTunes or wherever, you know, rate us, review us. Share the podcast, spread word of mouth, uh, call your Aunt June in Kelowna and be like, hey, you got to listen to these two dorks talk about metal on uh, Devon and Hell. <laughs> Maybe she'll go for it. Maybe this is your chance to get Aunt June into Immortal. This is it, you guys. This is it. Um, so, yeah, spread the word um, and we'll see you next week for the Iron Maiden episode. Anything else to add, Devin? See you all in hell. Hell.